Full Court Fits is The Ringer's new weekly NBA video series hosted by Big Waz, aka Wozni Lambre. Each week, we take you around the world of NBA fashion and share can't-miss style choices from your favorite players and keep you up to date on the latest news and releases in sneaker culture. Waz also talks to experts like Damian Lillard's personal stylists to give you behind-the-scenes looks at how the NBA's biggest stars choose their outfits. New episodes drop every Friday, so make sure you're subscribed to The Ringer's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash The Ringer so you never miss an episode. What's up, everybody? We back. Special R2C2 on a Sunday night. What's going on, bro? Well, you know, every once in a while... Maybe more than once in a while, we like to record reaction pods, right? Yeah. We we always release podcasts every Thursday. You all know that. Uh, that's our cadence that we want you all to obviously be comfortable with. And then we like to re- release, you know, sometimes bonus podcasts when we have multiple good guests and they're timely in a week, or if there's big games that go on. Hey. Eh. You know what? And, and we set this one up because, you know, we had a big weekend. And, and if we would have known the weekend was going to go like this, we wouldn't have done, We definitely wouldn't have set this fucking shit up. Instead, it's me and you trying to just dodge bullets. Hey, podcast, but we, we could have canceled it. Nobody knew we was going to yeah. do this. So, get, you know true. what I mean? Like, yeah. we are real fans because we came on here after getting fucking sweat. But we could have easily canceled this shit. But, like. So, give us some credit, gosh damn it. We're we, 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 here. We're here. We're, fucking, we're, here. we're wounded. We're, we're wounded. It. We're not uh, fucking feeling oh, good, but, but we're here. You know what's crazy is that Bobby, I don't know if Bobby can, can look this up, um, our producer uh, on the show, Bobby Wagner, but I think we lost the first nine games, guys, in 09 to the Red Sox. I, I think you're right. If it wasn't all, the first nine, it was bro, the first It was late. I remember, Which, I remember it being really late in yeah. August. I remember it like the first, it was the first series in August and I was pitching and it was yep. like a big game because we hadn't big, beat them yet or something. You, and you guys swept them in a four game series at the we, stadium. Yeah. And remember, remember you, you got a, you pitched, I think eight innings and got like a massive ovation uh, from the crowd. And then you remember the Sunday night game when uh, you guys got to Bard and Teixeira hit that home run down yes. the right field line. Yes, yes, yes. And the that place, was the Statue of Liberty. One. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Holding it up and then yeah. lost the first. Bobby got it. Lost the first eight. Good memory, yeah. see? Yeah, and I remember because it was a big deal. I remember it was like, damn, like, yeah. we can't win the World Series if we can't beat fucking Boston. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually, you know what? That's a great positive note to start off on, man. You guys... <laughs> Lost the first eight in 2009 to the Red Sox. And then, yes, you did sweep the four-game set. That was like the first week in August. Yeah. It might have even been extended like July 30, 31, August 1, 2, or whatever yeah, it was. because I remember, but I remember that Saturday. Um, like, I remember that game. Like, I remember yeah. pitching that game. I remember it being a big start. I remember, like, yeah. being a real Yankee. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was like a, it was a big game for me. I remember that. Like, I remember... And I remember we hadn't beat them. And I, you know, like it was, yeah. it was uh, that first weekend is kind of like when we took off. August 6th to 9th. Bobby Wagner's got it for us. August 6th to 9th. Yeah. Remember that was one of those starts where it was like, you know, right. Well, you just said be a real Yankee. Like, oh, he's got to earn his stripes this yeah, weekend. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah that, yeah, was, that yeah. was the game. That was one of those yeah. games. And sure. you went, dude, look at you. You, you shoved uh, seven and two third innings, two hits, no runs. 
nine strikeouts. Yeah, and I remember that's like one of my like my favorite pictures uh, still to this day of me like walking off the field like fist pumping. That's like one of my favorite pictures, but it was from that game. I remember you. This is so weird too because I can remember it because I was working for the Yankees at the time doing the scoreboard, which is when you and I first you know developed our friendship. And I can remember you saying something about you never would acknowledge that was one of the first times you acknowledged the crowd walking off the mound on a am i remembering that right like you saying like you never used to acknowledge the crowd walking off the mound when you get a standing o but you did for that game yeah i never used to tip my cap like i never ever did and i remember like i was pitching pretty good the second half of uh of of 09 and i had a game before that where i walked off the mound and i didn't tip my cap and everybody was standing up and reggie Came to my locker after he was like, hey, you know, I know like, you know, you know, you're used to, you know, not having that or whatever. But this is New York, like this Yankee Stadium. Like when you're walking off, the, the fans are showing you appreciation. You got to, you know what I'm saying? You got to show them a little appreciation too. <laughs> it was just like for me, I just, you know, I just, I expected to go out there and do that. So yeah. like walking off the mound, like this is what I'm supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I never really felt like tipping my cap, but. Um, yeah, Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Jackson came to me and told me he was like, "Nah, you gotta, you gotta show these these fans and acknowledge this crowd for sure." Yeah, that uh, that's funny, man. I remember that you you pitched great. A- AJ, I think pitched really well that weekend too. And there was some big hit. You guys had oh one of those games was the fifteen inning game with that A-Rod was the walk off. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That was that was the, the AJ fr- game? No, no. Well, it, it, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I it think was it the Friday been, yeah. night. It might have been the AJ game, but I remember pitching the next day, and I remember um, because that was when we used to go home. Well, we, well, I'm used to. We always went home if we had a night game and a day game. You know, it was a day game the next day, so it was, the game was so close. I was like, I'm not leaving. Like I can't oh, leave. I, like yeah, I stayed yeah. there all night. And yeah. I remember telling Andy, I was like, if we win this game tonight, I'm pitching good tomorrow. We're gonna win and we're gonna sweep these motherfuckers. And oh, A Rod awesome. hit the home run. And then I and I remember I was like I'm glad I stayed because we got the party that night and pitched well the next day and it, you know we ended up sweeping them. Yeah, that was and AJ did pitch that game that A Rod hit the walk off in the 15th inning against who against the Japanese. It was pitcher. a Japanese reliever, yeah, yeah, in the bullpen. Forget, it was crazy. I know I forget, I forget who it was, but yeah, and that was just one of those. You know, first of all, you guys had a million walk offs that year, mm-hmm. and then uh, that was one of those big hits for A Rod. Yeah, so you know what? Starting off with something encouraging which is that 09 team was in this spot. Oh, Tazawa was the guy. Bobby's working overtime right now. So, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, and, and, and you guys ended up sweeping them, and you go on to win the division and obviously win the World Series. And Yeah, I'm just saying it's not too late. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously we know we're in a bad spot right now, and, you know, it's been an uneven season. Shit's been up and down, and, you know, it's been some glimpses of really good, positive shit and then it's been shit like this it's been really bad so um you know it's a long season it's a marathon like anything can happen is all i'm saying like we started off the same way in 09 ended up with a championship and um you know i don't i mean this team is completely different than the one in 09 you know i don't see a lot of similarities but you know it can't happen you know it's um it's interesting because i am not at all discouraged about this team's ability to make the playoffs based on this weekend. And I do think, and some people, Yankees fans, who right now want to get into their feelings and feel upset about this team and sort of, you know, 
bask in the the sorrow of the weekend and the struggles of the beginning of the season are going to quickly dismiss it, but I asked them to hold on. Um, and my reasoning is this. I, I know that things have felt bad at times this first half, obviously, to use a more pedestrian way of putting it. But I actually still, the way the offense has looked to me over the last couple of weeks, and, and granted, that we rode into this series high, right? And that's why it's disappointing is Yankees have played really well against the Blue Jays in Buffalo, the A's at home, then the Royals. You win all three series. You cut it to three and a half. You feel good going into Fenway. You get swept. Doesn't feel good. But, but even that Royal series, though, they wasn't playing that good they, against the they, Royals. They weren't playing great. They weren't playing great. But can I? But I, I just see the offense, and they're hitting now. I know they didn't score a ton of runs this weekend, but the lineup feels completely different with Voight back and with Sanchez hitting like Sanchez in the middle of the order. And DJ hitting again is a big deal as well. And I know the timely hitting is a real thing, and maybe guys are, are you know trying too hard in those spots. Judge even said that last night. So it can be a compounding problem. But this lineup is going to score runs now and win regular season games. So I walk away from this series and I still have great conviction in this team making the playoffs. I really do. The lineup I feel night and day about compared to the way I felt two, three weeks ago. However, as I feel that optimism, I also want to be very clear. This team, as currently constructed, won't win a World Series. They need. Some, first of all, they need a definitive number two. Maybe that is Kluber. I'm saying this meaning the pieces that aren't there. That could be internally, right? Maybe that's Seve coming back. Maybe, maybe that's Kluber coming back. But what's clear is those guys are needed. This team needs that. They need that other starter who's going to go deep in games. Montgomery's had a, has a, had a solid year. Little inconsistent, solid, right? Uh, Herman's been a little more down than up of late. He was up for a while. But he he just I can't rely on him the same way. I want a number two that I feel like I can totally rely upon. And I and Kluber was that before he got hurt, you know. And I think he could be that again, or Sevy's that. And then the other thing I think, which I've thought since last year, is you're going to need another athlete who's a little more contact oriented that you can put in the lineup. You know, the Hicks Aaron got off to such a tough start, Aaron Hicks this year, that I think people kind of underrated how big of a loss that was. You know, having the switch hitter in the middle of the order who has good at bats and is left-handed. But see, I, I believe I believe this team, if it doesn't, if they don't do a thing, I think they make the playoffs still. But if they want to win the World Series, I think they're gonna need that number two starter to step up either internally or externally. And they're going, uh, they're gonna need, you know, some kind of athlete who's a good defender and contact oriented. No, you definitely need the starter. And I think it's Sevy coming back. You know, that you know, that's the number two starter for me. And then it just pushes Monty back into his natural spot, which is, you know, a three or four starter. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, Monty's, exactly. Monty's, Monty's a three or four starter. And if you got Cole and Sevy at the top, then, you know, Monty and Herman to slide in, and then you'll be fine. You're right about Hicksy. You know, we keep talking about, you know, we need an athlete. You know, we need a, a contact-oriented guy. And that's Aaron Hicks. That That's who it is. You know what I'm saying? He's a switch hitter hitting in the middle of the lineup and he's the contact guy. He's the athlete guy. He's the guy that can score, you know, from first on a on a double. You know what I'm saying? These things that, you know, we we aren't seeing right now. So, Hicksy is a bigger loss than people are, are are are, you know, really understanding because 
like you know, like you said, he was off to a, a horrible start. So, you know, I think you know we got to try to figure that out. But do you get somebody long term? Because you know Hicks is coming back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I mean, is it is it a left field? You know what I'm saying? Is it you know? I don't know. Like, what what, what do you do? Like, what, because you know Hicks is on the deal. He's coming back, but I just don't. You know, I don't. I don't know where you make the change or or who you trade. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. I. I mean, I. I agree with you. And it's funny. Some there's a bunch of people who. You know, I've sent a bunch of tweets asking us questions and, you know, they're all, who do you fire? Who do you fire? And I'm just like, like, that's going to solve anything. You know, it's obviously not. But one thing that was interesting to me was someone, um, Andrew WR, or, or I guess it's just Andrew R. I, I double counted his W. Um, <laughs> but, he, but he was saying, like, on a scale of nine to ten, how badly do you guys miss Tanaka? And Man. I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Fucking like, 13. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Moss is pitching every fucking five days or every six yeah. days in Japan right now. 13. Yeah, man. And I told uh, you that right away. Yeah. I told you that. Like, we like, you don't let a guy like that walk away that's been reliable for seven years. Yeah. And pitched in big playoff games for seven fucking years. Like yeah. you just you just don't let that guy walk out. Like, we had a number two starter. We let him fucking go back to Japan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I think we'd feel a lot different about the rotation. Um, a lot, you know, feel a lot differently if he was still here. So I actually think it's a and, fair and, point. And, and to be honest, maybe not. Like, maybe Moss is pitching bad, too. But you know what? I don't give a yeah. fuck about him pitching in the regular season. I know when it's in October and we need yeah. Masa to show up, his ass is going to show up. So I'm not. I wouldn't be worried about maybe Masa be fucking pitching bad right now, and they still would have got swept by Boston. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So we still would be having this conversation. But for me, in October, like what we're talking about, when it comes down to it, when you need a guy out there on the fucking bump that can get you a win in the tough spot, Masahiro Tanaka is that guy for me. Yeah, I it, it, it I I agree. I always felt comfort. I always felt. Um, you know, I, I just always, I, I always felt like he's reliable, you know, from day one. Yeah. From, from the day he showed up in the Yankee uniform, cause he, he, he was fucking, I mean, with a torn UCL, you know what I'm saying? Like this guy's unbelievable, bro. It's crazy. I, I do feel, I know people think like, look, the situational hitting has been a problem this season. There's no way around that. I do think that part of that is eventually going to probably even out i do I, I it's sort of unsustainable and there is a luck factor there and i do think that also it could be the kind of thing where right now you know the yankees are because they haven't had success in those spots it gets in the hitters heads and they want to try and do too much and then it's a problem again you know is this always a problem though like I, you know i don't know because i've i haven't been on the outside you know yeah. looking in. i've just been in in it the last couple of years with this group has this always been a problem with this group of Yankees, though? No, no. If you look at the runners and scoring position numbers over the last uh, with, four seasons preceding with, this, with this one group, the, it's been good. Yep, one of the best in baseball. Okay. Yeah, one of the best in baseball. That's something that I wouldn't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah. You, when you're in it, you don't know. But like outside looking in, it's like, damn. Like I've never seen a team this bad. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and, and that's and, why, like, but by, by the way, see, there was a number when I was doing those games between the Yankees and Twins. There was a number that was like. The, it, it, I think it was the percentage of base runners that the Yankees have scored, and it was like the lowest number 
in like 70 years or something like that, you know? And to me, that signals like something's going on there that's like unlucky. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. like that, that, that at some point is going to even out. Now, that's not to say that there couldn't be actual, you know, real factors outside of luck that are contributing. Like Judge said, maybe they're trying too hard. Maybe it's a compounding problem. They step into the box and they know the history and then it makes it harder to hit, you know? But I have to say, as as crazy as it might think, as it might seem in this moment, I'm not actually overly concerned about the offense. I think they're I've seen enough over the last couple of weeks with Voigt back now the last week and then Gary hitting the way he's hit over the last three weeks. I I see enough to think like this team's gonna hit. I, I really do. But it's sort of those situational things. You know, one, you know, the Yankees are not a great defensive team, as we know, you know, and that can cost you in close games. And I think we saw a couple little things this weekend. You know, they haven't ran the base as well, which again, they're not necessarily constructed Bruh, to. They are running the bases like they're invisible, cuz. <laughs> Shit is in, it's incredible. Like it's yeah. incredible. It's like they run the bases like like it ain't fucking defenders out there. Like they just like it's fucking spring training running the base. The fuck is y'all doing out there? Like this shit is crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know what's funny, man? They run the, that's a great that's a great way to put. It. They run the bases the way I would run the bases when I was like playing with like younger kids. Uh, I'm like at a random softball game. Exactly. And you're like, you're, like, you're like, it's oh, like a I softball take, game. Yeah, like oh, I can take whatever base I want, and then they tag you out, and you're like. Wait, what? What happened there? Like, you 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 had a gr- you had a ground ball to the left side, try and turn it into a double, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna make it. Then they tag you out. You're like, wait, what? What happened? Absolutely, this yeah. shit happened to me a couple weeks ago in Central Park. Absolutely, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, it's exactly what's happening here, man. I I I, I think though. Well, let me ask you this, because you're the one who's actually done it. For me, I, I'll give you my perspective as a fan and as someone who covers the game. You tell me if this is real. I do think that sometimes a team needs some sort of injection or jolt, and it feels like from the outside, when that happens, there's like a mental turning of the page, and it makes it easier to forget what's happened and easier to focus on what can be. And I think the most obvious way to get to that place is via acquisition, whether it's somebody gets promoted or you trade for somebody. Is that a real thing in the clubhouse where you where you acquire someone or something changes and you look at it as a line of what was before and now what can be and what is after? You know me, cuz I would never in my fucking life say this while I was playing. But absolutely. Bro, I'd be waiting for the trade deadline. Like, bro, we need somebody, anybody. Like, we just need somebody to come in here with a different attitude, a different, like Cameron Maben. Like, yeah, it, don't, yeah, it, don't, yeah. it don't have to be... It don't have to be the... The star, yeah. It don't have to be the star. It can be anybody, because when Cam came, it changed our energy. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I mean, yes, absolutely. And, I mean, I was always looking for that. And, and the years that we didn't trade, it's like, fuck, man. Like, yeah, just, the, you know what I'm saying? We got to ride out with this energy. It's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, you always, I mean, I would never, ever say that while I was playing or while I was in there. Um, but, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a real thing where, and it doesn't have to be a star. Like, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, I hear Trevor Story's name. We don't have to, we need to trade. Don't have to be that. It could be anybody. You know what I'm saying? But, like, when somebody comes in, especially if it's a veteran mm-hmm. that, you know, has, I mean, like Eric Hinsky in 09. 
Eric, yeah. when, when Ski came. And, and Jerry Harrison. And Jerry Harrison, like, just changed the energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, now we got two new guys that have been yeah. there. They've done it. Like, it's just, yes. I mean, and and when you trade for the right guy at, at the at the deadline, bro, it can, it can make a break. The energy around the team, for sure, yes. So that's what I think this team needs. I think there's enough there, you know, for for them to get to the playoffs. I just know they're going to need a number two starter, whether it's Kluber, Severino, or somebody else, and they're going to need some other injection of athleticism and energy to change things up for that lineup in clubhouse. You know what's crazy is that, and I, 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 and I hate to, like, this. I hope this don't sound bad, but, like, with with this current group, it's always we need something. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. it's always like we need this or we need that or we need an extra. Like it's it's just. But don't you think every team feels that way at some point? Even like because for example, even the dynastic Yankees in the late nineties, every year they would somebody. yeah they would always add something. It's like okay, yeah. One year we need David Justice. A, you know, that's just yeah. a, that's just a part of Yankee world. Like we yeah. always need somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's just a part of being like. Well, well, I, I also think it's something like, you know, sometimes you put together a team on paper, but you need to see them play in order to know, like, can I get away with this? Can I not? Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I even thought about that in regard to the Nets. Like, when I was watching them and, and the big three together, and it was like, wow, this team really doesn't have a true center now, or they don't have the size they need, right? Or And you'd be like, can they get away with that or can they not? And, you know... After you watch them for a while, you ended up being like, okay, they need someone. Then once they have Blake Griffin, it's like, okay, they can get away with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so there's sort of like, you, you, you learn it out, you feel it out. Like, I can understand the Yankees going into the season and thinking, although I still thought they had this need when it came to the um, athleticism and the contact-oriented hitter, but I, I could see them going into the season thinking one thing. Then you've seen a lot of games and you think like, Hey, if we want to get to the ultimate promised land, this is what we need. Now we know, you know, yeah. and, and can we do something about it? You know, the Yankees farm system, again, is highly rated. They've done a nice job of building it back up after using a lot of guys or graduating a lot of guys. Hey, and you know what's crazy, too, is that they, they like the farm system thing. Like, we like I would always be looking around, too. Like, for me, like, I'd be looking and be like, man, fuck, where's our Wander Franco? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, where's where's that guy for us? Yeah. Like, you know, where's our Bobby Witt Jr. or, you know, the the guy that's going to come up and save us? I mean, all our guys now are in the big leagues. You know what I'm saying? Glaber's up there. Gary's there. Like, all our guys that were, you know, top-rated prospects are now, you know, the Yankees. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's you know, you always have to be, you always have to build from within. That's what the Red Sox do such a great job of, because. Yeah. Like, the Red Sox go down for a couple years, but then they build it up from the ground up, because. The Rays, too. They'll trade, but the Rays do it with pitching. Yeah. Like, the yeah. Rays always, they'll piece together their lineup with yeah. the G-Man Choice and whoever yeah. else and slap together the lineup, but their pitching, their pitching always comes up ready, fastball True. command with a good, you know, secondary pitch. The the Red Sox develop position players because, like, better than, I think, anybody in our division. Like, if you look at Pedroia and Ellsbury Fucking Mookie Betts, but Jackie Bradley Jr., Ben Intendi, they win championships with their homegrown guys, cuz. And then yeah. they'll trade their ass and then grow up some more motherfuckers to come back and fucking win five years from you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's amazing what they what they are able to do. Like, 
I know I hate to say that because they just swept our ass, but bruh, like they came into this season not expecting to fucking do anything. Yeah. And they're one of the best teams in the league, cuz I mean Alex Cora's back. It's unbelievable. Well, it's let crazy. me ask you, I wanted to ask you that. Why people did not, you know, even Vegas, they projected a Red Sox, I believe, around a five hundred team. You know, they are at this point certainly overachieving compared to the projections. There's still time for them to come back to the pack. But why do you think the Red Sox are so much better this year than they were last year slash than people projected? I, I don't think that I don't think that um, I think they're as good as as I mean, I, I don't think you think they're I mean, as good as their record. Yeah, because I think they're really good. I mean, I think their pitching is. Is 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 you know probably pit playing above what they really are right now. Evaldi's a beast, obviously we know that, but that lineup is good. They got a bunch of good hitters, contact hitters. They got this. The lineup is solid all the way through. They got lefties, they got righties, they got contact hitters, they got power hitters, they got guys that can run the bases. The lineup is fucking put together well. Alice Cora is back. Has made a huge difference for Rafael Devers. Bogarts is playing like you know he's younger. I mean, they all they all like refreshed and and they got and they got Alice back. Verdugo is is doing his thing. Like it's amazing. And they just traded Benintendi. Uh, they let Jackie Bradley walk, and they let and they traded Mookie Betts, guys. And they in first place in the fucking AL East. It's crazy. Verdugo has been a nice, really nice player for them, who they got in the Betts deal. Uh, see, do you think Cora makes that big of a difference with them too? I think so. I think Cora makes that big of a difference on any any staff that he's on. That guy's super smart, man, and and knows baseball. So I think I think him coming back there has just made a huge difference. So let me ask you this, because I've had different people who've worked in different teams, front offices throughout baseball, who are analytically inclined, tell me throughout the years. And, and, you know, for a lot of our audience, they've heard this, too. And, and by the way, as I say this, I'm not a subscriber of, to this philosophy. But I've had people tell me a manager is worth four to five wins most. What the, that's the way analytics looks at managers, that it's a pretty um, replaceable position where the, a good manager may make the difference between four or five wins over the course of a season. For you, someone who actually played the game and is in there with a manager, what what's your reaction when you hear someone kind of, I don't, it's not degrading the manager position, but it's certainly devaluing it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of degrading it to be honest. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, a, a good manager is fifty to sixty wins, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, makes all the difference, man. Like. Anytime you, you think it makes that some, big a difference? I think it makes a huge difference. Anytime you can play for somebody that you trust, that you know has your back, that you know has the the the, the best interest of the team, like that's putting everybody first, you know what I'm saying? Like treating everybody the same, the superstars, the 26 man on the roster, like that manager is is always got his team and 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 it's always going, you know, teams always going to show up for him and play hard. And mm. Alex Cora is that. And I and I honestly thought while we on the subject, I thought Carlos Beltran would have been that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and while we boot, like you talk about people asking, you know, for Booney to get fired, Booney's that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Booney's connected in that clubhouse. He he's talking to all the guy. Like like so, you know, that's what you have to be now as a manager. It, you know, you have to be connected to the guys. You have to talk to all the guys. You have to you know you have to know baseball. You have to know what you what what moves to make and all that different stuff. But 
It's more about being connected to your team, and Alex is is really good at doing that. Well, I've always just thought, too, from an outsider perspective, it's hard to quantify what feeling believed in or confident or trustworthy does for you. I mean, like, I definitely am better at my job when I am surrounded by people who I think are competent and who I trust and who I feel believe in me, right? And yeah. it's hard for me to quantify that in, 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 you know, in actual tangible terms or, or, or in any sort of numerical terms. But, you know, just think about your performance. Like, I, the be, you know, begin, beginning of my radio career, I, walking in every day, there was an executive who was so incompetent and it literally zapped energy every day just trying to like work around that you know and so it's like okay it's it's hard to say like okay what am i or aren't i you know at that you know at, at my job at that time with or without this boss but you feel that you feel that every single day so i i'd imagine as a player right if you're like this guy's an idiot or this guy bothers me or this guy makes me feel uncomfortable or whatever it might be even if you're still cc sabathia and you can go out and do your thing there has to be some sort of unquantifiable negative effect of that. Yeah, and I play for a, a guy like that. I'm not going to say who it is, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, when I was pitching really, really well, the manager was, I didn't like the manager. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I was like, this And did is, it make it harder? Made it, 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 it just, it just made it like blah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then, and then I, and you know, on the flip side, like, um, getting a chance to play for Joe Girardi, like I felt comfortable right away, you know, and yeah. he was engaging with my family and I can bring my son in. Like I didn't have to worry about, you know, my family or missing time. Or, and if I did need to go home or anything like that, I could do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just the freedom of like being a dad and like living in that space as a baseball player, like helped me feel comfortable. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like little things like that, like make a difference. So, um, yeah, I mean, the manager's personality you know, usually determines how the clubhouse is going to be, if it's loose or if it's tight or if, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I played yeah. for, play for some guys in Cleveland where it was like, bruh, like, that shit is just miserable. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And he smothered people and, you know, uh, it's crazy, man. It's just crazy, yeah. bruh. <laughs> like, so I that's what I'm saying. It, it, it has an effect then. It definitely your, has it, an it, effect. It definitely it, has yeah. an effect. And, and so to Cora's credit, you know, I, I think it's obviously worked out for Boston. And, and Look, I, I also want to be clear with this, too, because like I don't want to be dismissive of Yankees fans who are super upset, emotional, worried about no, this team. No, they should be. Understandably we just got so. swept yeah. by the fucking yeah. Red Sox, guys. Exactly. We haven't beat the Red Sox so. all year. No, like, we like, yeah. like I woke up today fucking to turn the game on, and when I turned the game on, it's fucking 4 to nothing already, so I just went back to bed. Like You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I went back to take a nap. Like It's fucking 1 o'clock, I'm going back to bed. Like. So, yeah, you sh they should be, yeah. By the way, you're sleeping in the middle of the day now, huh? Yeah, because on a Sunday, absolutely. It's the only time oh. I get to do that. Uh, hibernation day. <laughs> For I, sure. I, 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 yeah, man, I, um, it, 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 this was an extraordinarily disappointing weekend, especially because, to me, it had felt like this team had turned a page over the last few series, and this would have been an, an opportunity to continue that inertia and instead, it felt like, and Boone, to his credit, described it as such, felt like two two steps back, right? Two yeah. big steps back. And so that is frustrating. So, yeah, I very much 
I, I want to validate the feelings of all you Yankee know, fans who are you know extremely frustrated. You know what sucks for the Yankees, though? Like, as a player, like, you just got swept, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and you know, everybody's upset. The whole city's upset. The fan base is pissed off and all this different shit. But motherfucking Otani's coming tomorrow night, cuz. And we can get embarrassed again tomorrow night if we ain't fucking ready to play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it, as a, like, when you play for the Yankees, guys, it's so much fucking pressure on you because, like, you have to win every series and then everybody's coming in to kick your ass, too. Like, I mean, I, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm not, I'm not making excuses. I'm not crying. Like, it is what it is, but it's fucking hard. Like, yeah. the dude's home right now, fucking pissed off and all this shit. But tomorrow, guess what? The best fucking player in the league is showing up to Yankee Stadium tomorrow, so you better be fucking ready to play. <laughs> uh, seriously, man. Are, are you going to go watch Otani Hell in yeah. You think I'm yeah, going to let him yeah. come to New York and not go see that fucking show? No, of course Absolutely. you Absolutely. I, I, I do think this, like, from an optimistic standpoint, the offense is back to, I, I know they didn't score a lot of runs this weekend. I, I do understand that. But the offense overall feels, the lineup feels so much deeper, so much longer, and the production has been so much better. The comebacks have been good over the last over many games. They have gotten some big hits, even if they didn't over this past weekend against Boston. That makes me encouraged for the long haul with this team. What is troubling is I think that that it factor, that feeling of like, oh, this group's got it. This weekend was another example of like th- they're missing something, right? And they need something. Um, and so... Now it's up to Brian Cashman and, and the Yankees to get what, what's missing. Because I don't think anybody could look at this team and honestly say, if you do nothing, you're going to win a World Series. I don't think that's fair. And, and I, don't, I, don't think anybody, <laughs> I don't think anybody could realistically say that. However, I also think it's too far the other way to look at this team and say, they have no chance to make the playoffs. Well, well let's well, calm no, down a little bit the there. They're going to make yeah. the playoffs. Because... The last thing about this fucking this fucking weekend is we wrapped it up perfectly. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see who the Red Sox brought out during uh, Pedroia's? Uh, oh, it was very. Oh gosh, is he still was getting so paid, great. man? I don't oh, know, but he should have walked out. He should have walked out of there in a the Yankees uniform, and I should have walked out oh, of the tunnel. Oh my god! I, I would have walked out in a full Yankees uniform, guys. Oh, I know like, you would have. Just to oh. troll you, motherfuckers, guys. Like I swear to God, I would have walked out in a full Yankees uniform. Jeez, like, man. He's a Red Sox to his core, guys. Like, he's got championships oh. with the Red Sox, and then we paid him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? What What could you say without getting yourself in trouble or saying something you don't want to? What could you just, say about Jacoby Ellsbury? What could you nothing, tell us? I just say we paid him, guys. Like, <laughs> I, all of, I, I loved Els. Me and Els had a good relationship. But it, I would have walked out of there in a full fucking Yankees uniform. I swear to God. I promise oh, you. Oh, my gosh, man. Seriously. I Look, there's a lot of games of the Red Sox left. We all know something needs to spark this team and change the tide. Um, because even coming in hot didn't do it this time. Even having the longer lineup didn't do it this time. But if you get to a point where you're going to play them and you have Cole, Kluber, and Seve starting your weekend, do you, you know, does that... Does that change things? If you have Cattell Marte in center field, you know, does that change things? Like, you know, if you had Cedric Mullins, whoever it might be, right? Benintendi, you know, if you have one of these guys, does it change things to how you feel about it? Maybe. So let's see. Hang in the game and make your run. 
Hang in the game. Get your piece for the rotation, internally or externally. Get your piece for the lineup and the defense and the athleticism externally. And then make your run. And that's the game I think you have to play right now if you're, if you're the Yankees and you're the fans. I think that's how you have to kind of look at it. Let me tell you something. If the Baltimore Orioles trade Cedric Mullins to the New York Yankees, they should just <laughs> fucking close down that building. I know. It's your, that's a good point. Yes. Close the stadium. <laughs> that's a good point. It's probably not going to happen. That's a good point. Close uh, the stadium. Yeah. On another note, it's good to see Adovino pitching well. I hate to see him pitching good against us, but. He pitched good this weekend, man, in a couple of big spots. He did. I love Otto as a guy, yeah, man. He's a, great, he's a dude. great dude. Great guy. Great, yeah. great dude, man. I'm happy for him. So, see, overall, like, if someone just said to you, because we have a lot of people saying, like, hey, can you diagnose what's going on with the Yankees? What would be your kind of, like, final commentary on the Yankees, where they're at right now, and the projection for the future of this season? Uh, I mean, I, my projection for the future is that, they, like you said, they would definitely make the playoffs, I think. But, you know, as far as going making a deep run or, or World Series run, if currently constructed, I don't think that they're in the right spot. I mean, right now, you know. You need it's, something. It's, you need a, you need need a little injection. Yeah, but right now, I mean, it's just a tough time of the season. I mean, obviously, you want to play better against the Red Sox. They had been playing better as a whole. You know, let's just see how they come out and play against the series against Anaheim because this is, a, this is another really good team. Yeah. And if they come out, you know, soaking, they can, you know, they can – come out and get their asses kicked in this series too and 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 then we're now we're really in trouble. So, um let's just see how they re, let's let us see how they respond to tomorrow. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they respond, try and get the uh the good vibes back. Fenway seemed like it was rocking too. I know Sadie yeah. Zillow, our coordinating producer was there and said that the atmosphere was, you know, felt like a real Yankees Red Sox game uh this weekend. So, you know, we're going to start to have that back too. And so we'll see what it's like when the Red Sox are back. At Yankee Stadium. I'm curious to see what the crowds are like for these games against the Angels, too. Yeah, it should with, be good. Uh, yeah, with Otani and Trout. See, just a couple, a few things, uh, basketball-wise, real quick before we wrap things up. Uh, Chris Haynes had a story about Damian Lillard maybe not being happy with the way the Blazers went about their coaching search, and it could lead to him wanting out. Nothing definitive there yet, but what do you have any initial reaction to just hearing this sort of um, scuttlebutt on that front? Yeah, this is fucking stupid, bro. It's 2021. We've heard this plenty of times from the, from the superstar of the franchise, bro. Let that guy hire the fucking coach. Like how hard is it to like, in it like let this guy be integrated into your decision. Like he's the fucking player. He's your superstar. Like he wants to stay in Portland. Like he's riding with your franchise. Let this guy fucking, Hire the coach, and guess what? If it's not the right guy, let him hire the next guy too. So what the fuck? Like it's crazy. Like if that if he feel like Jason Kidd is the guy that's gonna help him, they both grew up in Oakland, played a point guard point guard position. Like I feel like Dame Lillard is smart enough and mature enough and works hard enough and knows basketball well enough to know who he wants as a coach. LeBron gets to pick his coach. You know what I'm saying? Like. Let these guys pick their coach, man. Like, I don't understand how Portland's about to fuck this up with their franchise player, a guy that does not want to leave there, but is is sounds like is is on his way out because you guys wouldn't let him fucking pick his coach. You know, look, 
star players can be great players and 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 maybe they know who a great coach is going to be and maybe they don't, you know, because that's not they're different skill sets, right? But one thing is very clear. You have a much better chance of being a great team with a great player than you do of being a great team with a great coach. And any great coach would tell you the same exact thing. Yes. I've broadcasted many games with Jeff Van Gundy. It's the number one thing he always says. He says, you know what makes a great coach? Great players. And in basketball, maybe more than any other sport, one great player influences wins and losses. Absolutely. And I just think I can understand. Look, maybe you don't want to just say, hey, Dame, pick your coach flat out. But they're absolutely, and we don't know exactly what the process was, right? This is off one. Who they hire? But well, they're probably going to hire Chauncey, who I love, and who was apparently on Dame Lillard's initial list, you know. But remember, he made the comment about Jay Kidd or Chauncey. But I, I, I just think that, you know, if I was the Blazers, and maybe they were, I'd be consulting with Dame the whole time. Period. Mm-hmm. The end. Because. There's nothing more important to the Blazers. It's more important to have Dame Lillard than it is to hire the perfect head coach, you know? And so if Dame wants Chauncey, great. Like, get Chauncey. You know, I, I, I'll be pumped for him because he's a friend. But if Dame is, if you're not bringing Dame into the process, that's a mistake. Like, Dame has to be, he ha- this has to be a collaboration. That's the way stardom works in the NBA, period, the end. If Kevin Durant wants you know, Steve Nash is head coach. That matters. That's not something you dismiss but, it, but because you want Kevin Durant happy. But Portland, even to that point, like CJ McCollum needs to be in on this decision too. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a Kyrie and KD decision to get Steve Nash. Like they both need like CJ, like, it, like the NBA is different. It is yeah. what it is. It's but ran I, by but the I, players. But I need it with all due respect to CJ it matters much more to me that Dame is for sure. Uh, you know what but, I mean? But, like, I, but I hit, I'm hitting CJ too. Like, yeah, you guys he, get together, huddle up, and y'all figure out who, who y'all give you between the two of you. You guys give me a list, and right. then we, and then I'll put I'll I'll give you guys a list of who we think, and then we'll figure it out from there. You know what I'm saying? But well, look, and a lot of this stems from the idea people who have problems with that. They come from an old school mindset of like, well, players play. Coaches, coach, GMs, GM. There, yeah, that structure. Those walls are being broken down because we all understand now, especially to an NBA team, that your star player is your most valuable employee. The most valuable employees for the Brooklyn Nets are Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. Right, like those are the most valuable. And Sean Marks is so great, I will put him in there. But your most valuable employees are are your are your your star players. Your if you're the Portland Trailblazers, your your most valuable employee is Damian Lillard. Not anyone else in the franchise. Not Neil O'Shea. Not whoever your hires head coach. Not the owner. Damian Lillard is the most valuable employee of the Portland Trailblazers. In what business do you not, and I'm not saying they did this, but we're just talking philosophically if they didn't. We have no idea, but this is just off one report. In what business do you not consider what your most valuable employee wants? Of course you do. You look and yeah. you say, I can't lose this person. How do I keep him? You know, and, and a lot of times it's money, but in the NBA it's not because Damian Lillard is going to get the same money basically no matter where he is. So, yeah, man. I mean, but, having... But in today's game, man, like, the players are, are so much different. Like, w- with that old school mentality, like, they don't... 
Like they are running this, and and all players, you know what I'm saying? Like they all in every league, they all want to be included in all decisions. Look at Deshaun Watson, you know what I'm saying? Like same shit. Like they all want to be included in every decision. And and you know what? If you're if you're I'm trying to think. If you're Robert Covington, I'm sorry. You you don't get a say, really, unless you know the guy and you can give me some information. But, but, but that but, guy knows that, though. You and know that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. I don't mean to take a shot at Robert. He's a very good player. But I'm saying, like, you, we're not talking about, oh, because I know what the retort is. Oh, you're just going to let you're just gonna let the players run the thing. No. We're talking about you have to understand the legitimate, honest value of a superstar in this league and understand that there's nothing more important to the chances of the Portland Trailblazers winning a championship than keeping Damian Lillard healthy. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more important. I mean, keeping him happy and healthy. But there's there's nothing more important than that. So you do what you have to do to keep him happy. Otherwise, he, he'll force his way out. Now, it'll make for fun trade conjecture, see, for oh, the next couple months. Man. Seeing where he might go. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, uh, you know, with those predictions. I wonder, like, Philly would be a place where they actually... Because you have to go to a place that could trade what's necessary to trade and remain a contender. Philly's a place that would would intrigue me on that front. Damn, him and Embiid? I know. That would be filthy. I mean, that wouldn't be oh necessarily exciting for, for us in Brooklyn. but That would be crazy. This would be some battles right there. Yeah, man. Yeah, that would be crazy. But but they could trade Simmons, Maxi, six first-round picks, you know, and... Yeah. And, and you know what I'm saying? Because that's the kind of deal that's going to take. Like, Yo, it's that's, not. That's not horrible. If you, you, you lose the trade when you trade the superstar, you lose it. But you want to lose it as, you know, to the lowest degree possible. No, and, I'm saying that's not horrible for Philly, though. That's like. Oh, dude. No, my gosh. If you could put, if you put Lillard on that team, they're, they're immediately a, a you yeah, know, 1-1-A with Brooklyn. Changes it, the mentality and everything. Yeah, wow, yeah. exactly. Exactly, man. Um, last thing. I think this is the last thing. Why is Milwaukee wearing the blue uniforms in the playoffs, man? I'm not a fan. Nah, I don't, I don't like the alternate uniforms in the playoffs. Yeah. I, 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 like, I like the teams. I want to I see the teams in their, in their regular unis, I guess, during the playoffs. Their normal home road. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I like seeing the Nets and the Basquiat's, so I like that. But I don't need, like, the heat in the yellow for game one of the playoffs that I called the bucks here in the blue that I don't need. Miami would be an interesting place for Dame as well. Miami would be, uh, I don't know. You put him with Butler out of bio. Like again, I don't know if Miami would have the assets to intrigue Portland. Portland's got to try and just keep them period. They got to do what they got to do. Portland's got to try to keep them. Yeah. Because you, uh, you ain't getting anything back that's going to make up for that. Oh, anyway, see, well, look, we wanted to do a Yankees react, Red Sox reaction pod. As C said, you guys didn't know we were going to record, so we could have just cowered in our corners. But we wanted to to come out and, and chat about it and, and also maybe provide a little bit of, um, you know, optimism amidst the darkness. There's something to that as well. And we'll be back. You guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well. And see, you enjoy seeing Otani up close, man. Yo, this is gonna be crazy. I'm so excited to, you know, to check him out up close. I wish he was pitching, but uh, yeah, you know, we'll, have to well is he see. maybe pitching Tuesday or Wednesday? I think he may be pitching Tuesday or Wednesday, but I, I can't go. I'm out. I can't. Yeah, uh, tomorrow's the only day. I, t- tomorrow's the only day I can. Uh, I can go. I'm busy. 
Gotcha. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, hopefully he'll put on an offensive show for you, but the Yankees still find a way to win. How about that? Yeah, that, that'd be good. There we go. <laughs> All right. You guys know the deal. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Make sure you're following us on Spotify at R2C2. New episodes every Thursday. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, big thanks to our producer, Sadie Zillow, Bobby Wagner, uh, holding it down, especially on a Sunday night. We wanted to get this one out to you. Peace, everybody. Peace.